Welcome to ThinkCast, the Gartner Podcast Channel. Here, we talk with the world's leading analysts and thought leaders about the hottest and most important IT and business topics. We discuss the latest insights, best practices, and informed predictions that will get you thinking about how best to solve your immediate challenges and build a better long-term strategy. So enjoy this ThinkCast conversation. Welcome to this installment of ThinkCast from Gartner. I'm Scott Smith, and I have a question for you. What is IT's core mission? You could make a case that it's all about connecting us. IT gives us new devices to communicate, access to new sources of knowledge. It's smartphones, email, social media, the Internet, the Internet of Things, all ways to connect. So maybe in that context, it will not make it such a stretch when we connect these conversations on connections. We've got Gartner analyst Hank Barnes on how to connect with your customers by telling a better story. Gartner's Derry Finkelday on how to connect with the new buyers of IT. And their colleague, Jessica Eekholm, on the connected home. So let's get started with Hank Barnes. Hank is a research vice president on the tech go-to-market and sales strategies team in Gartner's technology and service provider research organization. He is a longtime proponent, not act like you're reading to your kids. So what do we mean by storytelling in the business context? That's, that's a great question because that's often what people think about. And, you know, often they come to us and say, we need help with our messaging. And for us, we start with positioning, which really gets to the heart of what matters in your market. Positioning is all about who's your target customer, what's the business need or opportunity that they need to address, that they're going to spend money on. We add a what do they want, which is more of the experience. It's kind of like, I need to make sure that all my stores are secure, but I want to make sure that I don't have to train all of my people because I have no control of that workforce. I'm not going to spend money if I don't have to train my people because that's not the problem I have to solve. But if you give me a solution that requires all that training, I may do that do-nothing thing. Then it's the product, the category, so buyers can say, yeah, this is something I spend money on. The compelling reason to buy, and this isn't a list of 50 features, this is how you satisfy that need really effectively. Last two points of position are, what is the competitive alternative? Again, this is a really interesting one because it may not be the list of competitors. It may be status quo, but it's the primary way customers think about solving that opportunity. And then what sets you apart from them? So we have people do that exercise, and it's really interesting. Like like I said, I've probably done somewhere between 1,000 and 1,500 over three years. I've had one positioning statement come back to me that I thought didn't need a lot of work. And it's often we're inside our own heads. And so we work with customers on that. But then people say, what's my message? What's my value prop? And what we find is people don't remember messages. When you give these long lists of bullets and features, you know, it's been shown the human brain, the average brain can remember three things at a time, maybe four. Superior intellect can do five. But if you look at most tech things, there's a list of six, eight, ten things. And what that means is one of two things is going to happen, maybe three things. One, they're not going to remember anything. Two is they may remember the first thing and maybe the last. They'll pick a random thing in there. Or third, they'll just remember there's a list somewhere. (laughs) And that's about all you'll get. And so what we tell clients is you have to shift to stories. Why is that so important? Why tell a story, as it were? The importance of stories is when I tell you what I do, 
you're immediately going to be almost defensive. Does this fit for me? That's sort of the emotional reaction to it. But here's what we mean by stories. And we really mean authentic storytelling. And we actually recommend an approach that's been used by the military for years. It's called situate. If you think about military in the field, when they're advanced scouts or whatever, when they come back, they have to do what's the situation, what's the impact, and what's the recommended resolution. Situation, impact, resolution. So that's the way we recommend providers tell stories. Start with the situation that describes the customer's world without you, before you. What'll happen is if you've targeted customers properly, they're going to say, yeah, that's my world, right? And they're going to start nodding their head and saying, yeah, that sounds just like me. You know, that's exactly what's going on. Then impact is the transition. Impact is because of this situation, you really shouldn't tolerate it. You should do something different. And then once you have them on that mode, they're like, yeah, then you can tell them the resolution. And what's interesting about that is the situation has established the context of why I should listen to everything else you have to say. It's also put me in an emotional state where I'm saying yes. And there's a book called The Psychology of Influence from years ago. One of the reasons why people give free offers is if people say yes to one thing, they're more inclined to say yes down the road. So I'm putting them in a condition where they're going to be more receptive to the message. And then I can describe my story. As I describe that story, many buyers are going to say, well, tell me more. They're going to need to explore. And that's where you can get into some of the other stuff that you've done traditionally. But by using a storytelling approach, you get them more engaged. It sounds logical, Hank. But again, what do we mean by a story as opposed to what we would traditionally consider a pitch? Let me give you a story. And and this was actually a great one um, that we've heard. The way a typical provider might pitch their business, they walk in and they say, so tell me what you do. And they'll say, well, we have an advanced search engine for e-commerce sites that combines behavioral analytics, tracking of transactions, clickstream analysis, and contextual data to help people find more information. That's the typical thing that you often hear. Let me tell you a story in a different way. We can help you convert 15% more of the people who visit your site to actually purchase versus just leave. That's like I got your attention, right? And, but then they're going to say, well, so tell me more. Today, when people visit commerce websites, they often struggle to find what they're looking for, right? They may use some of the navigation you provide on the side, or they may enter some terms, but it always seems like it's tough to find exactly what they're looking for. And what we've learned is that it's really driven because of the context of their situation, where I need to understand what have they bought before, so their transaction history. What have they been doing? Where were they before they came to the site? So sort of a clickstream analysis, potentially some sentiment analysis of their other queries and understanding the context of how they operate. Our search engine combines all of that information to make it more likely for customers to get results. And in one of the biggest e-commerce sites in the world, we've done exactly what we've said. We've driven a 15% increase and the number of people who visit their shop that actually buy. That's how stories, it's not long, it's not drawn out, it's just setting the context of, here's why you should care, here's the situation that you're dealing with, and here's how we resolve it. Okay, but let me ask it this way. I was going to first ask you what mistakes you see companies making, but you can hear it would be not doing that. Yeah. 
But let me ask it this way, because you mentioned in the course of it, you first approach somebody and in any sales setting or any type of setting, first reaction is that defensive. How does this really apply to me? I'm doing all right. And I think with sales, most cases, they're hitting their numbers. Maybe they're growing, maybe not to the point they want to, but they're getting better. And they're thinking, well, that must mean I'm telling the story right. I'm identifying what my customer needs. I'm telling them how we help. And we're shaking hands and getting the sale. What should they be looking at to assess themselves to determine how effective their storytelling is and what they need to do to change. Yeah, not everyone is growing and hitting targets, so it varies throughout. But I would go back to what we talked about earlier on situations. In many cases, buyers are smart. And if you get someone who's buying, who's already done the research, they may be at the point where they just want to know. Now, that means you may not be in a great position as the provider, because it ends up just being a competition on features and price. But in that case, we may be okay with where we are. And for certain markets, when they're in high growth, that may be just fine. But if I'm looking at opportunities where it's a little bit more challenging, where I'm doing something new and different, again, take a traditional provider selling something very different than they've ever sold before that their brand really doesn't represent, or take the situation for any emerging provider. That context isn't there. And so the stories are the way I can get there. And usually the way to know that you're not being successful, maybe it is longer sales cycles. It's your marketing campaigns aren't hitting the results that you're looking for. If you use telemarketing, people aren't getting a lot of success, right? And all of those are tricky because buyers are cautious anyway. Well, we can talk about trust in the buying process as well. But the key is, is it resonating? And, and again, for us, We get so many calls. It's the biggest volume of calls that providers clearly aren't comfortable with their messages. And they find that moving to stories is hard because it's really about not talking about them first. It's about talking about the customer. But all those stories exist within providers because whenever I talk to them about it, I ask, why'd you build the business? Why'd you build the product? And then they start to tell the stories. And it starts to come out. I'm like, well, why don't you tell your customers that? And they're like, yeah, we hadn't thought of that. And I have one little simple thing that I I think can be really effective. We have all kinds of tests we have people do to see if their messaging is effective. But really encourage people that whenever you're at a conference, you're ever in a meeting, people always ask, what do you do? And then you immediately launch into the spiel about your product. They should think of that question of what do you do as what do you do for your customers? And then they may be able to shift it, right? So now I go, what do I do? I build a great search engine to I help our customers convert more shoppers with a better search engine. That little shift can start to change the dialogue in the conversation. I want to do a little shift here of our own in this sense. There can be a fine line between telling a good story and telling, let's call it, a fishtail. And I bring that up, Hank, because I know that trust plays a central role in your storytelling formula. How does trust play into the equation? Great. Yeah, we think it's incredibly important. And what really set it off is there's been a lot of research on B2B markets and not specifically technology, but whenever you say B2B, everybody thinks technology and you automatically lump everything into it where there can be quite a few different sales. It's actually that glomming of all that together is what caused us to really think about some of those buying situations. But one of them has said that buyers are 57%, and in some cases it's as high as 75%, completing their buying process before they'll talk to sales. And we looked at that, and that didn't feel right to us. We actually agree that it's not zero, because I can certainly do homework. 
but we thought it might vary. And, and we did research of buyers, and it really proved that out, where 74% of buyers that were considering a new provider would talk to them very early in their buying process. And if it was an existing provider, it was more like, I think, 57, 60. And that number was kind of strange. Why would I talk to a provider I don't know more than I talk to one I know? And we think it's because they're trying to develop a trust relationship. But then other things came out of that. The number that we think is really important is 68%. And by 68%, what we mean is 68% of the time that a B2B technology buying team spends executing a buying process, making a decision we're going to change to making a purchase, they spend with people other than the providers they're considering. So some of that time is working with their internal team, obvious one. Some of that is really interacting both in traditional forms, but also socially with peers. Some of that is reading information from third parties, independent experts. Gartner, we're certainly not the only ones. There's lots of different analysts, but there's that group. Some of it's reading stuff they report. And then lastly, there's a 32% wedge where they're reading information and interacting with you. Now, if we think about the typical buying process, most buyers are considering three, four different companies. Just average it. I got about 10% of their direct attention. We're saying, why is that? So then we dug deeper and asked, what sources do they trust the most? And their most trusted source was what they called trusted independent websites. Then it was analysts and independent influencers. Then it was associations. And everything moved down. So they looked to others first. And that's really the phenomenon of social, right? It's not what you tell me about you. It's what others tell me about you. And this continued throughout our research because we dove pretty deep into what influences buyers and asked them, okay, what are you looking for from independent third parties? You know, you said that's a big category. What do you value the most? Expert reviews, analyst reports and interactions, peer reviews, reports from associations, all those things. Then we moved into the provider set and asked, what type of content do you value the most? Top two by far, live demonstrations. Not product videos, but live demonstrations or show me, let me touch it, let me see it's real, and case studies. We asked about marketing activities. It was websites and it was events. So they're looking for information that they trust. And then as we move into the sales process, the really interesting thing about sales interactions was they made it clear when we're interacting with sales, we want to see technical demos too. And that included the business buyer, by the way. It was still the highest for them. But with sales, they made it very clear. All the things they wanted is, Talk to me in the context of my problem, my industry. Don't tell me about your company. And so throughout all this, what buyers are saying is, we want to find stuff that we can trust, and that'll drive the process. So how does that impact the buying process? So what we actually think happens is, if you think about the buying process, we already talked about they're exploring, evaluating, and engaging. But early in the buying process, most of their time is going to be spent looking at what others have to say about you. And that'll decrease some time as they move towards the buying decision. And your sales interactions, which are very important, people don't just read content, they want to talk to you, start to rise in important. Your content lays a foundation, but it's a very small part. Once we buy, it becomes largely about the experience where you prove the value to us. But I still talk to those external folks. I talk to my peers. I talk to influencers just to get validation. Did I make the right decision? And that experience at the end dictates what my next buying process is going to be like. Because if I've developed trust in you, 
you're going to be on the fast path to get more of my business. If I've doubted you, you're going to have an uphill battle. And so one of the things we tell providers is in this age where I can go anywhere I want, I need to look at everything I do through a trust lens. And so when you talk about storytelling, that's why we call it authentic storytelling. It needs to be backed by examples because I can validate. You know, a really interesting one is case studies we said was really important. One of the things we asked in terms of what type of sales interactions, and it was second from the bottom, was something we called sales arranged references or visits. And it was one of the lowest. We're like, this really doesn't make sense. But here's what we realized. One is we think the survey interpreted sales arranged as the sales guy's going to go with me. So if I do a site visit, I escort the client. And they feel like I may not be getting what I always know. We're still going to ask providers for references. We do it all the time. But what do buyers do now? They go out to review sites, whether it be Peer Insights or a number of the other ones out there. You know, Gartner has the Peer Insights capability. But the other thing that they do is they may go on to their social networks where there's a bunch of people they trust. Anybody use this product? Tell me what you think. And I talked to one customer specifically about that that had asked for a reference. And they were on an accelerated path. They actually spent about $800,000 in five days because it was a board mandate. It was like the craziest thing I ever heard. And they were waiting for a reference. And they didn't get it. And they had an implementation partner that provided them with two. One client that they had worked with and another one that enabled them to make their decision very, very quickly. So it's just this really interesting world where, as a provider, I need to look at things through that trust lens. Am I building trust or am I eroding it? But I also need to think about how can I help other people talk about me versus me talk about me. Hank, thank you. Hank Barnes is a research vice president on the tech go-to-market and sales strategies team in the technology and service provider research organization at Gartner. I'm Scott Smith. Let me know how you like our stories by contacting me at scott.smith at gartner.com. And thank you again for listening to ThinkCast. Gartner is an impartial, independent analyst of the information technology industry. All content provided by other enterprises is expressly the views of those enterprises and the speakers. The information should not be construed as a Gartner endorsement of said enterprise's products or services. Thank you for listening to this latest installment of ThinkCast from Gartner. We hope it gets you thinking about new ways to approach your IT and business concerns. And don't forget to check out the Gartner webinars at gartner.com slash webinars. Or look for more of our ThinkCast podcast at gartner.com slash podcasts. Make sure to subscribe to Gartner ThinkCast on iTunes so you don't miss an episode. 